Hello everybody, it's Chappie, your British butler. It's Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese. Uh, this is episode 93. Now, yesterday, uh, I had my usual uh, amnesic event where I forgot what episode it was. I normally keep a tally, sort of etched into the bedpost here. Um, but I uh, th- this time I decided uh, not to look at the bedpost, and um, I said it was episode 91. Well, really it was episode... 92 and today it's episode 93 so 92 has been lost once again uh it could probably be found between the angels singing on the ark of the covenant tucked in a you know slightly aged uh yellow tea-soaked note in uh, the holy grail uh buried with the gardens of babylon somewhere resting on the foot of the colossus in Rhodes harbor i mean who knows it, it's, it could become one of the eighth wonders of the world uh, without a doubt, um, but uh, it's it's lost. <laughs> well, it's not lost. It was 92 yesterday, but I said it was 91. So there we go. I did decide to buy uh, 93 Butler attired gnomes uh, for you, the listener, to keep me honest on the tally of the podcast. So every week I'm going to buy two extra Butler attired gnomes to add to my collection and then count them at the beginning of the show to remind me. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Now, I have... Yesterday's show was recorded really early, but I didn't sleep very well. So I got up early. uh, It was sort of dawn, and it was nice and cool, and everything was fresh and crisp. Um, And that does help the... uh, It does help the butler's wandering mind, um, you know, become a little bit more acute, maybe slightly more humorous. But now I'm roasting in the middle of Saturday here roasting in the middle of saturday and uh it is it is super super hot out here it's a little it's a little clammy it's a little clammy it's a little uh little you know wet around the gills so to speak so i've decided to record the uh the podcast uh sitting in the deck chair um now whether or not i'll be able to wedge myself out of the deck chair later is another matter i think it's entirely possible that uh, i'm going to be uh, wedged in here for the uh, for the next millennia um, unless somebody can get one of the henry the trusty steeds with a winch to get me out of here uh, i'm not wearing a suit of armor or anything i mean that would be chainmail and a suit of armor would be absolutely ridiculous on a day like this i mean you'd be roasting it'd be it'd be like uh, cooking a chicken in an instant pot that's basically how it would uh, how it would turn out. So I'm wedged in the deck chair, um, being a little bit more comfortable, getting it, you know, becoming one basically uh, with uh, with the heat of the day. I mean, it's it's like 85, 90 out there in the sun. So uh, you know, I I may have to uh, maybe knot my handkerchief here, knot my handkerchief, and then decide. Uh, you know whether or not I need a Panama on over the handkerchief. That's entirely possible as well. So we've got it so- sorted out. It's episode 93. I'm in the deck chair, knotted handkerchief on. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to provide you with, you know, some relaxing whimsy, uh, some gentle uh, banter and nonsense uh, to ease you uh, through your weekend here um, on the audio edition. If you like some summary music then tune in to the Spotify edition that will have a summer playlist for you. 
it's a chappy summer playlist so there's a there's a few irregularities there that you probably wouldn't may have not even heard of before but listen and learn and soak up the sun so i did promise uh, you the listener of keep coming cauliflower cheese i would give you a new zen-like meditation technique um i know some of you listen to amazon rainforests uh monks up the himalayas ringing their bells uh, waterfalls, rain. I've got a new one. It's a cricket match. So we, I'm going to introduce you to the village cricket match today as your way of getting to a zen-like state, relaxing, meditating, falling asleep, all of that. I mean, it's, it's wondrous. I mean, I think in the deck chair, I uh, I may actually drift off. I may drift off whilst listening to this the podcast. So there'll be probably maybe maybe 15 20 minutes of silence if i take a little power nap on the podcast i mean isn't that great you know your host takes a power nap of 20 minutes on a podcast so you have just complete silence just you know the sound of lever on willow uh leather balls being rubbed onto the whites you know leaving that lovely little red stain on the whites i mean all of that uh so you could listen to the birds chirping maybe mrs miggins making a nice uh, nice cornish tea uh, with the sandwich with the crust cut off and lovely pieces of cake. Uh, I mean, on these on these occasions, I, I, I've i never had this at a cricket match particularly, um, but I, I would love a slice of my grandmother's Danish orange cake, you know, with a nice cup of tea that she used to make, my grandmother Vera. I mean, that would be absolutely fabulous on a day like this, you know, whilst watching village cricket on a pub green. It's very hard to find that, it, it, not a talk really here in Colorado. I mean, the people play cricket, but that would be absolutely wondrous. So if uh, if I could find a you know, village green, a nice pub. I mean, to be honest, I would do the cup of tea and, and just a slice of cake at them. We covered the topic a little bit yesterday that uh, the uh, millennials and Gen Xers being more visual creatures than audio creatures. I might be talking a little bit about that later on. Uh, also, Wookie Cookies. Follow me on Instagram. What a fantastic name for dog biscuits. Uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be talking about that as well uh, here on your lovely podcast here. Also how Nest and Ring, those, those video monitoring systems that you have inside and outside your house, are almost becoming the new YouTube. All of the, uh, all of the local neighborhood websites and uh, forums are uh, people are posting videos of what's on their Ring and what's on their uh, Nest, so to speak. Or in their nest, potentially. Um, also, um, power outages. Uh, that seems to be a common thread for me at the moment here. Unfortunate band tattoos. The French ate in lockdown. A uh, couple of recipes that you might be want to try there. Uh, we never talked about nutritionists, what they share and eat for breakfast yesterday. Uh, that may be coming along the way. Or possibly not. I mean, I know it drives people crazy when I give a laundry list of items and never get around to it. But there we go. That's what you get. It's like a lucky dip. Keep common cauliflower cheese is like a lucky dip. Uh, sometimes you're going to get it, and sometimes you're not going to get the story that you're uh, that you're expecting here. Uh, also, um, avocado pits and onion skins, what they can do for your life, um, and for longer life, it's game set and match to tennis players. The uh, Ocado robots are here to grab your Percy pigs. Delicious, indulgent breakfast recipes. A radioactive rhino horns to deter poachers. I got a letter, a letter. Well, not an actual letter with a, the, you know, the Queen's 
head on a on a postage stamp or anything. It was a it was a letter over Instagram. Somebody sent me reached out to me on Instagram to try to sell me something. We'll be talking about that as well, um, and uh, and also some more trumple trombone coming along the way. Uh, we have a historical Tinder and some tips if you're moving, which I hope to be doing uh, maybe in the next uh, month and a half here. So it's, it's once again, we, we, we crammed it into the pantry, open up the pantry and everything's going to spill out. So whenever I play a little French ditty with a, an accordion going, you know, people ask me, what's happened to your dear uncle? Well, he's up in Newcastle in the UK at the moment. I imagine he'll be going back to France soon. So we may have more tales from La Campagne. This is a feature we had last year on the podcast about my French. Uh, well, he's not French. He lives in France now. He's a rather rascalous sort of a chap. Uh, you know, he's a. Some people might say ne'er do well, but he's a. You know, he's a very funny man, and he uh, and he lives in France. So we'll have tales from La, La Campagne coming again to a podcast near you i'm sure but what the french ate in lockdown um and also i'm gonna point you towards the london times tony turnbull interviewed cheryl uh, cyril Lignac, uh, the french chef about what the french ate in lockdown and i highly recommend uh, visiting uh, Lignac's uh, webpage uh, but there's some absolutely lovely recipes there the French are better lovers, better dressers, better cooks than us, the Brits. Well, I don't know about that. They conduct their affairs, dash home in their Chanel suits and whip up their cordon bleu dinners without so much as smearing their makeup or, so popular imagination has it, Cyril Lignac makes no comment about the first two, but he does question the third. As a chef who guided France through lockdown for his TV cook-along uh, Tour de la Cuisine, uh, he should know. People think that all the French know how to cook. Well... Let me tell you, they know how to eat, but not necessarily how to cook. There is a lost generation, he says, who didn't inherit the skills of their parents or grandparents. The older generation of mothers and grandmothers were stay at home to cook and look after the children. But in the 80s, mothers went out to work. They didn't have time to cook as well, so they started to buy ready meals. Now we have a generation who have never been taught to cook. I mean, that is a symptom of the whole Western world, I think. So in the hour of need, with restaurants closed and shopping opportunities limited, the 43-year-old chef stepped in. From March to June last year, uh, he posted up a shopping list um, online every weekend and during the week that followed would talk more than 2 million uh, viewers for a simple recipe each day from his kitchen in Paris. He would make simple French dishes, quiches, soufflés, omelettes, crepes, ham and cheese, uh, but also more exotic things for the French, such as fish pie, pesto pasta, prawn curry, chili con carne. The French like to eat international food. But if they organize a Mexican evening, for example, they buy it all in. I just wanted to show them how to make it from scratch. It's without giving them uh, different ideas and broadening their repertoire. The French love crepes, but not a lot of people know how to make good breakfast pancakes. His most popular dishes were Thai-style salmon and spring rolls. It was things that they would normally buy ready from the supermarket that they really wanted to learn to make. Now everybody's gone back to work. They've forgotten, he half jokes. Um, so, I mean, some of the recipes here that he mentioned are very, very good. You've got the chef's uh, uh, pesto, uh, basically the garlic, almonds, parmesan, lemon, basil. Uh, again, visit, uh, visit Cyril's website. Um, for these uh, for these fantastic recipes, I mean, and then you've got the fast fish pie. Now this is absolutely delicious here. 
So you've got the mashed potatoes on top here, carrots, celery stalks, tomatoes, uh, mimolette cheese. Uh, you can use Edam matured cheddar as well. Uh, then haddock and salmon, uh, salmon fillets. Uh, you can basically uh, use probably any white fish there. But again, on Cyril's website, uh, you can look up the fish pie. He has a French-style chili con carne as well. Uh, that looks very similar to the sort of chili con carne I would make that I serve over, over rice, uh, which is absolutely de- de- delicious. So you've got Cyril Lignac, uh, L-I-G-N-A-C, uh, and he was teaching France how to cook during the lockdown. So I get some fascinating followers on Instagram. I mean, I was really sort of a kink social media, then launched this podcast and sort of we got sort of press ganged into uh, to uh, putting up an Instagram. And now a lot of people are following my nonsense as I was talking about uh, yesterday on uh, Instagram. But I had a very fascinating company uh, reach out to me called Wookie Cookies. I mean, probably the best name marketing wise I've ever heard. You've got Wookie Cookies, um, and uh, they make uh, basically dog treats, dog biscuits, anything for pets, basically. Um, I'm just hoping that they're not a little bit too chubicky. Uh, uh, no added hair. You don't want hairy biscuits. It made me think, though, about fig biscuits. That you've got these fig roll biscuits, uh, cookies, fig cookies, Wookie cookies. <laughs> well, they don't, they, you know, you, I wouldn't give figs to dogs. I think dried fruit's very, very bad for dogs. It's not that great for human beings either, to be honest. Um, but you could, uh, it made me think that if you did, if you could have the fig biscuits, it's almost like, uh, it, may the figs be with you. Uh, trust me, they always are. But fig biscuits, or these fig uh, rolled biscuits or cookies, uh, made me think about the classic British biscuit. You know, a little bit like munchies or jammy dodgers, custard creams, uh, sipping on a delicious hot cup of tea, biting into fig rolls, and making an afternoon snug. Uh, fig rolls are available all year round, uh, from what I understand. Uh, but, I mean, they're not normally something that you would eat in, uh, in summer and spring. Uh, normally, they're a sort of uh, winter autumnal treat, um, but it, but it just made me it did make me reminisce about the fig biscuit. I mean, I wasn't the huge fan of the fig biscuit, and now I do like a jammy dodger. Uh, but fig rolls are one of those food, foods that evoke either one or two different reactions. People find them delicious, while other f- people find them the opposite, almost like marmite. Um, I'm not that keen, and I certainly didn't grow up uh, eating a lot of figs or fig biscuits. I know my mother likes. Uh, dried figs and uh, and all of those uh, dried fruits figs do for some evolve and evoke vibes of feeling as snug as a bug in a rug fig rolls are basically compromised with a fig paste rolled in pastry uh, these rolls are relatively fat uh, wide lengthwise and then they're baked and sliced fig rolls are members of the biscuit family not the american like scone like uh, thing you have with kfc just the cookie biscuit we're talking about here uh, and their star quality uh, have led to many appearances on the Great British Bake Off. I know a lot of Americans watch the British Bake Off, um, and um, but are they sort of are they cake or are they rolls or are they biscuits? They're not as soft as traditional cakes, uh, as the pastry that encases the fig filling is soft and somewhat more like a cookie. On the flip side, each bite is far from the crunch of the normal English style biscuit. The pastry thicker and denser than a cookie. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, 
Is it a cake? Is it a cookie? Is it a biscuit? It's uh, it's one of those mysteries of the universe we'll never be able to uh, unravel. The one thing's for sure, though, don't eat a whole packet of them. Or if you do, don't go out for the evening or go to the movie theatre and get stuck in the middle of the line and stuck in the middle of the uh, seating arrangements. That really wouldn't work very well. But uh, I know I like the Wookiee cookies. I like the idea of the Wookiee cookies as dog biscuits and pet food. Um, But I'm not so fan of the whole Wokey cookies. Wokey cookies might be a little bit too crumbly for me and possibly very flaky. So if you're listening to the Musical Emporium edition of this podcast right now, you would have just heard the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter. Now, I think after eating a box of fig biscuits, I don't think anybody would probably give you shelter. They might put you outside in the honey cart or the outhouse. Uh, And if you want to know what a honey cart is, look it up. Uh, They used newspapers back in those days. That's all I'm saying. So, I mean, my feet and my legs are going to sleep here in this deck chair. I'm wedged in this deck chair. I I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to escape the deck chair. They may find me like some sort of uh, butler uh, dressed Mrs. Uh, Havisham from the Charles Dickens uh, uh, tale, Great Expectations. I'll find my my dilapidated body in a striped deck chair in maybe 50 years time with cobwebs all around me but i will still be clutching a cup of tea a cup of pd tips my skeletal fingers will be clutching the cup Uh, but i am going to try to get up of the chair here to see if uh, i can get some more blood flowing into my uh, into my legs that are basically cramped in here since the beginning of the podcast so let's just try try to get up let me try it So I'm a big walker. I walk between four, maybe six, seven miles a day with the dog, sometimes on my own, uh, really trudging around, meandering around. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't wear the jeggings. Not really my style, uh, particularly. Um, I do like a little bit of air going up the trouser legs, so nothing too tight. But I saw this interesting article, 10 Ways Walking Changed Your Life. It was by Sarah Cush. Um, and uh, sort of she's a fitness phenomenon basically but a lot of people run bike um you know do all of these different things yoga walking i absolutely love so the 10 ways she talks about mental clarity and emotional balance you know some days everything just seems out of whack the easiest fix is to go and get on a walk 15 minutes you basically reset your focus creativity i mean some of my best ideas come uh when i'm walking I mean, one of the worst ideas was probably thinking about doing this podcast back April 2020, but that's when the creative ideas come. So on a walk, Sarah says, I'm able to relax my mind, let it wander, and just take in the people in the scenery. Whenever I'm stuck uh, while trying to write something or come up with a new fitness program, this is Sarah talking, not me, I lace up my walking shoes and head out the door. I know for a fact that on my walk, something or someone will spark a new thought. Recovery. For years, career has required high impact physical demand in work. Walking is a respite from this while uh, giving you a good workout that you crave. Um, You know, you can remember days when you feel physically worn down, maybe want to go for a run. Uh, The body just said no. So just go for a walk instead. Um, You know, basically burn the same amount of calories in 40 minutes of walking than 25 minutes of running. I didn't know that. That That really interested me. 40 minutes of walking equivalent to 25 minutes of running um you meet interesting people along the way maybe not me but i have my earplugs in and i do still worry about the over friendliness after covid you know people people 
do like to have a chit chat, but they haven't talked to anybody for a year. Uh, stress relief. Uh, walk provides almost instantaneous stress release. Numerous studies show how it can lower levels of stress hormones. Um, and then if you feel crazed and overwhelmed and need a, a you know, walk can put you in a better physical, mental and spiritual shape. Hip mobility. It helps, uh, you know, if you're getting a bit old and, you know, build up of lactic acid in the muscles, walking helps that too. Better perspective. You know, uh, if you live in a pretty busy city, you just get out of the city and walk around the different neighborhoods. Uh, you know, you can visit and see marvelous trails. It just changes his perspective. A new kind of toning. You know, legs are looking better. Then you can, you know, arm pump while you're walking as well. Help that upper back definition. I don't think I'm seeing any of this. But, you know, when I'm probably eating a uh, bar of Cadbury's chocolate and a breakfast burrito whilst I'm walking, that probably isn't helping. Cultural exchanges as well. If you're traveling back again, um, you know, you can meet interesting people whilst walking uh, in different cities. People are out walking more than they ever have done before. And it's just wonderful. It's wonderfully fun. You, you know, woke up and smell the coffee. As I said to you before, I've seen foxes out walking. I've seen great horned owls out walking, hawks. Um, and, and, you know, it's amazing to really, it really opens your eyes, gets you out in the fresh air. And I see it as a, as a wonderful reboot. So love taking you to a, like a Zen like state in the podcast. I mean, I think a good belly laugh can, uh, whether it's laughing at me, your dear host, or laughing at uh, some of the shenanigans that happen on this podcast, it's very enlightening. You know, as as is the monks, as are the monks chanting in the background here in their Tibetan monastery, washing over us. But yeah, a lot of us have trouble sleeping. I'm I'm one of the worst. You know, I've tried everything: sound machines, you know, all of them. But one of the things that has really, really helped me in recent times, and it's it's almost like you have to you have to think about what gets you into this like calm state of mind, zen-like state of mind. And it is the sound, the summer sound of Leveron Willow, cricket. Not the not the insects, you know. I mean the cicadas and the cricket, they they, they don't really help me sleep. But the, the wondrous sound of, uh, of cricket, a cricket match, a village cricket scene, you know, as I talked about earlier, where the, where the you know, the teas are being made, you can almost hear the, uh, the knives slicing through uh, the beautifully uh, triangular shaped sandwiches, uh, pieces of cake being cut, maybe a lawnmower going, dog barking, and then the game progressing. So there's a, I highly recommend uh, it's 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 a, on YouTube English Village Cricket and let this wash over you for a couple of seconds before you get back to your day. Let's listen together.
I mean, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, one player's passing the hat to the next. Uh, you know, a few few old British cars traveling by. You've got the pub in the gra- background. Beautiful spring day. Everland looks very, very green. And then uh, this gentleman's coming up to bowl. You know, looks like he's had a few too many pasties and pies. And he tosses his arm over. And there you get the uh, yellow LBW going. But the, the, the sound of the lever on the willow, I find very relaxing. And then you've got the birds chirping and singing. You know, as I said, a stray dog, uh, a pigeon, blackbird scrawling across the, uh, the turf. And then, you know, the little ripple of applause as well. That gentle, very British ripple. Not, not getting too excited. Not over-exaggerating enthusiasm. Would never do that. But village cricket, look it up. It could change your world. Let it wash over you in the evening. Put the headphones in and you'll soon drift off to sleep. So everybody, nearly everybody, has these Nest Tube uh, outside video cameras ring. I mean, it's replacing YouTube as the most watched things. Everybody's putting these up on their... uh, on their neighborhood forums and, and websites and everything else. Pictures of what was seen on Nest. People stealing things. Animals. I mean, it really is invading our privacy here. I, I'm very worried about walking outside, um, you know, in my Barry Manilow and Bosch bathrobe, you know, to pick up the mail. I would normally do that with my Dolly Parton slippers on. But I'm worried about being caught on Nest or Ring or any of these things. I mean, I don't know. Where are these Ring uh, TVs installed? I mean, I almost think it's like could be installed in the Ring piece. So you don't know where these cameras are. You know, somebody's bending over showing off their plumber's crack. There's probably a Ring TV camera installed in the plumber's crack. Filming me in my Barry Manlow robe, picking up my mail. I mean, you can't. Everything's being everything's being filmed now. It's uh, it's 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 unbelievable. But the sort of things that people are picking up, like they they, they see somebody move their uh, move, move their doormat, maybe an inch to the left, and then it's posted online. So on you know on Ring TV. I mean, I do like the uh, I do like the films of the animals like uh, squirrels and raccoons nibbling things they've caught bears on them that's fine but leave it as bears i don't want to see anybody bear midriffs or bear torsos or anything else as people don't want to see me in my my dressing gown my robe it's uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit too much uh but it's uh, apparently cutting back uh some local crime you know, some people are having their plant pots stolen or, as I said, doormats move slightly to the left. It's cutting back on that. I hear the biggest thing that it's, it's cutting back on is when you get your Uber food delivery or uh, your um, uh, Uber Eats, um, Grubhub, all of those. You're just you're asking the guy to leave it on the doorstep and you can check your ring camera to just to make sure he's go. He's gone. So you don't have to interact with him or anything like that. So across the Twitter there, I did see uh, a topic of unfortunate band tattoos. I mean, here's the thing. You know, you've got your ACDC, you've got your Beatles, Rolling Stones. Some of, the, some of them will be classics. You know, 
maybe if you put the name of the song on there, uh, you know, it's like with me with my Mandy tattoo, the Barry Manilow Mandy tattoo that I have on the back. Um, you know, I did think about putting Copacabana somewhere, but, you know, song title's a little bit too long, I think. Um, but, you know, bands and songs do go out of fashion. They they, they can be the briny, you know, bright, shining star one day and then like a stinking piece of haddock fish the next day. So you know, the thing to remember when, when, when getting these tattoos is like, you know, an ex-girlfriend or ex-lover or, you know, maybe the name of your favorite milkman. It could be Ernie. You know, that could be, you can have Ernie tattooed on your left buttock cheek. But Ernie might go out of fashion or he might change his milk round. Uh, but with the whole, uh, you know, unfashionable, unfortunate band tattoos, remember, you know, the band could suddenly become, you know, passe. And dare I say, in, in today's climate, the band could be cancelled. So the band or the music or the song could be cancelled. But remember, your tattoo really can't be. So going from band tattoos to maybe old band t-shirts, something that you can give a new lease of life to. But avocado pits or onion skins are all you need to give an old t-shirt new life and rethink your waist. So um, reading what Eliza Wapner of Little Bits of Cloth, um, a friend of Life Kit who uses plant-based dyeing practice to hand make garments, it's rediscovering what's around you, what's already in the environment and turning it into an artistic practice. Uh, so she started a new hobby of uh, dyeing, using dyeing recipes, using basic household items such as laundry detergent and avocado skins and pits and onion skins. I mean, I would be worried about that avocado pit. I mean, I have enough trouble with, with dog bones going into my dryer, but I imagine the, the smallness of that avocado pit would be like, uh, for the dryer, a cricket ball hitting me in the goulash. Uh, I mean, it, it could be the same same effect here. Um, but the thing I worry about, if you do use onion skins to, uh, you know, to reinvigorate your, maybe your Ramones t-shirt or a Dusty Springfield t-shirt or something along those lines. I mean, are you going to smell like a, um, you know, an old aged onion? You know, I don't know if you leave your onions out in the uh, garage, garage, but, you know, I do. And they get a little bit foisty, don't they? Festering. I wonder if the T-shirt, after a bit of time, would start to smell like the uh, like a like an old, um, aged, decaying onion skin. And, you know, maybe people say that I smell like an old, aged, decaying onion skin right now. I just sincerely hope not. Uh, but um, that's my fear about using the onion skin to revitalize your old band t-shirts. And uh, today's historical Tinder, where we take a historical figure, uh, it's a sort of swipe left or swipe right. Some of these uh, historical figures in medieval times did have a serious swipe left. And the swipe left was sometimes an axe or a guillotine. But today, uh, our historical figure, a slightly odd historical figure, is George Patton. General George Patton. And he was obsessed with reincarnation and firmly believed he had fought many of the history's most important wars before. As head of the US Third Army, General Patton saw extensive action in the Mediterranean during the Second World War. But he also believes he had lived several lives before coming back to lead the troops in the Second World War. 
and it was a belief that he only was too ready to share with others. Of course, Patton was convinced that his past lives were eventual as the ones that began in San Gabriel, California, 1885. He spoke openly the belief that he had been a warrior several times before. More specifically, he was obsessed with his past as a Roman legionary and an officer in the army of Napoleon. He also believed he had fought and died as a Viking warrior and he had been at the Siege of Tyr in uh, 332 BC. Patton held his obsession all his life. This is despite the fact he was also deeply religious. And the idea of reincarnation was no means compatible with his uh, Christian faith. So there we go. Um, General Patton. So basically he was in the army of Napoleon. He was also uh, at the Siege of Tyr, Viking warrior. Um, I mean, he, he, had, he had fought in uh, a number of quite important historical battles in his own mind. So more Trumple Trombone now, uh, where we take uh, pretty much the awful headlines of the week and we equate it to a Trump or a trombone. First up, a British man who noticed his milk delivery had been stolen from his doorstep checked security camera footage and was shocked to identify the culprit was a thirsty fox. Uh, Anthony nearly receives daily milk deliveries at his home in Essex, England, said one of his bottles was recently missing before he could retrieve it from his doorstep. And he checked his Nest camera footage and it was identified as a thief and a wild fox. But it's funny, the fox took the gold top uh, milk uh, but left the uh, oat and mushroom milk. Uh, it's uh, become known as the devious dairy snatcher. And apparently after the pandemic, there is now a shortage of truck drivers. Uh, Texas Sisu Energy is offering to pay truck drivers uh, $14,000 a week uh, or $728,000 a year because there's a nationwide shortage of tr- truck drivers. Um there's one problem. News stories flying around are very, very misleading, says Carrie Grundy, who's recruiting for Sisu Energy. But it's beyond ridiculous how journalists tell the story there's been a nationwide shortage of truck drivers. The lobbying organization for the nation's big truck employers, the American Trucking Association, has been making the argument since the 1980s, yet store shelves somehow still remain stocked. And it could be a relief. You don't really want to see a post-lockdown truck driver's crack. A fast food chain customer claimed she got a shock after a takeaway order was delivered and she was sent a deep fried towel instead of a portion of chicken. Uh, Elise Perez uh, ordered uh, food from Jollibee's in the Philippines. When it arrived, she found that some cut cut up chicken uh, that she was going to serve to her son. We had the Jollibee delivered via Grab, ordered chicken for my son. While I was trying to get him a bite, I found it super hard to even slice. Tried opening it with my hands. To my surprise, it was a deep fried towel. Uh, I mean, it's a new form of uh, greasy towel warmer. Uh, Just don't pat your face uh, dry. It's terrible for acne. Just wondering, are there added pickles with that? And an Instagram influencer had been questioned by her fans after posting a picture of herself in the business class section of a plane before returning to her seat in economy. Oceane Elhima 
uploaded a photo to her Instagram profile to her 846,000 followers, but a fellow passenger claimed that they spotted her taking the seat in economy. Dressed in a green and purple tracksuit, Océane from Bordeaux, France, struck a model pose with the business class section of the plane visible in the background. But a second image, which had been shared on Twitter, shows her sitting in the economy seat with her phone in her hand looking down the aisle. If it had been me in the same situation, the legs splayed, a man spread would have given it away, and of course a small packet of peanuts. So going back to the whole band tattoo uh, situation, I, what I saw, I saw it on Twitter, and it was a gentleman who had an Oasis uh, album cover on his back, and the caption on the uh, on the Twitter feed was, one day he'll look back in anger, which I thought was incredibly uh, amusing. But I did get a letter from one of my Instagram followers, who remained anonymous, uh, but it started out, Yo bro, how are you today? I'm a legit grower vendor worldwide and I got a marijuana, pain relief pills, cannabis oil, edibles, shrooms, guns, cocaine, seed, vapes, meth, LSD, uh, hydrochloroquine, sulfate powder to treat COVID-19 and uh, more on deck for stoners and patients. Plus I have some bath salts. Are you interested in ordering some of our products? I mean, to be honest, throw me some bath salts. Or if you got some uh, bro bath bombs, I mean, that would be even better. But for, yeah, forget the rest. Just give me those bath bro bombs, baby. Uh, and if you throw in some super soakers and rubber duckies, I'll be even more happy. Yes, the butt crack leggings that broke the internet are on sale ahead of Amazon Prime Day. So we've got the biggest shopping day of the year. We've got the Amazon Prime Day 2021 coming up very, very soon. But the bottoms known for enhancing bottoms are now on sale, apparently, uh, as the unofficial start date to hot girl summer is June. These are the kind of leggings you can wear to the gym, grocery store. No matter the location, when you want to put those bad boys on, you feel like a brand new person and your butt will look brand new as well. The secret to the booty enhancing pants are the scrunch up texture in the center. It makes your rear appear more naturally plump by emphasizing all of your glorious curves. I mean, if I thought I wore the butt enhancing leggings, my uh, two cheeks would look like a couple of huge E-damn cheeses with a uh, cheese cutter in the middle, probably. So that wouldn't be a good thing. But the butt-lifting leggings are back, ladies and gentlemen. So it's been rather lovely having you here again on the podcast. Uh, thank you very much. And it is Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese. This is episode 93. I just actually counted the butler-tired gnomes, and I double-checked. It's 93. And uh, try not to get that wrong ever again. But promises, promises. Uh, but anyway, so you have the audio versions across uh, Apple, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, uh, all of these different places. So you can listen to my dulcet tones along with maybe your cricket match going on the background. It'll probably send you to sleep tonight. That would be lovely. And then we have the Musical Emporium edition as well. And uh, some, of the, some of the things we have. We have the Pizzicato 5, wonderful Japanese band. Rolling Stones. Annie Lennox, uh, Janet Jackson, XTC, Neil Young, uh, Chris Rea, uh, Christopher Cross, Stevie Wonder, Santana. Loads of different songs across there. If you like music accompanied with nonsense, then it'd be perfect. But anyway, uh, so I'm trying to get beach ready 
And uh, my, my daughters last week teased me like I was uh, the orangutan swimming through the pool uh, with a pot belly. So I've decided to take some action. I've, uh, I've decided to do some manscaping live on the podcast. So I'm going to do the shoulders, you know, the chest, uh, the hairy back. It's going to take a few weeks. So this is the first episode of Chappie the Butler manscaping live on a podcast. It feels a bit smoother. Here we go again. Just thought I'd do the toenails too. Oh man, there's a whole pile. There's a there's a whole Everest of hair to uh, sweep up here. Uh, so whilst I sweep up, I'll get the poem ready too. And this is Fly, Wynn and Blake. Little fly, thy summer play, my thoughtless hand has brushed away. Am I not I, a fly like thee, or art not thou, a man like me? For I dance and I sing, till some blind hand shall brush my wing. If thought is life, and strength is breath, and the want of thought is death, then am I a happy fly if I live, or if I die. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Until next weekend, it's Chappie saying cheerio for now.